0: Act Two of Tom Cobb or Fortune's Toy, by W. S. Gilbert. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Scene. The same room is Colonel Ophip's house, but very handsomely furnished. Pictures, busts, etc., writing materials on one table sherry and glasses on another matilda O'Phipp discovered working whipple on a stool at her feet
1: my darling matilda who was it who said the course of true love never did run smooth are not our loves true and could anything be smoother than their course during the last three months
2: no dear save that when you proposed for me Papa kicked ye out of the house?
1: He did, in the effusion of the moment, and I honour him for it. On his unexpected accession to wealth, he naturally looked for a wealthy and well-born son-in-law, and I honour him for it. But the doughty old soldier was open to reason, and when I proved to him that his wealth depended on my secrecy, he admitted to his error at once, like a frank old warrior as he is, and I honour him for it.
2: Poor Tom. I wonder what's come of him all this while. It's three months since he... Died. Died? And I've never heard a word from him since.
1: Then he can't complain, if you've been inconstant.
2: Deed, and he can't. It's clear a young girl must marry somebody. It's nature.
0: Enter Ophet
1: of course it is and if he truly loves you really and truly loves you as i do he ought to be delighted when he comes back to find that you've engaged yourself to a gentleman in every way his superior delighted when he comes back
3: divil a bit by raisin that he won't come back any
2: more won't come back any more
3: not he isn't he dead and haven't we buried him and paid his debts and proved his will and stuck up a tombstone that he'd blush to read sure it'd be in the highest degree indecent in him to give the lie to a tombstone
1: but tom never had any tact and if he should be guilty of the indiscretion of turning up well sir if he should i shall be prepared to admit that
3: i've acted under a misconception but sir before i yield possession of the estate which has so miraculously come into my hands i shall satisfy myself beyond all doubt that i am not dealing with an impostor any one who assumes to be the late tom cobb will have to establish his identity beyond all manner of doubt and as i've paid mr ben isaacs and his other creditors conditionally on his being dead he may find that difficult sir he may find that difficult
2: exit well tom Cobb may be dead but when he finds out the use that's been made of his will he'll not rest in his grave i'm thinking that's all
1: but if he should return if tom cobb's shade should take it into his ghostly head to revisit the scenes of his earthly happiness promise me that you will treat him with the cold respect due to a disembodied spirit
2: but when do you think he'll come
1: well between ourselves I think we may look for his apparition at an early date. Unless the necessaries of life are considerably cheaper in the other world than in this, Tom Cobb's five-and-twenty pounds must be as shadowy as himself by this
2: time. But if he comes to life, who's to kill him again? Oh,
1: your papa will have to kill him. It's his turn. Besides, it's a colonel's business to kill people. And a doctor's too. Yes, Matilda, but we don't pay people to die. They pay us to kill them. It's the rule of the profession.
0: Exeunt, Matilda, and Whipple Enter Tom Cobb, preceded by Footman. Tom is very seedy and dirty, and his boots are in holes.
4: If you'll take a seat, sir, I'll tell the colonel you want to see him. What name shall I say?
0: Tom aside
4: If I give him my real
5: name, he'll faint. Aloud. The Duke of Northumberland.
0: Aside.
5: That'll draw him. Aloud. I haven't a card.
0: Footman is incredulous. He is about to go, but returns and removes tray with sherry, then exits.
5: Well, nicely the old scoundrel's feathered his nest upon my word real axminster satin furniture ancestors bust and this has been going on for three months and i only heard of it yesterday why he's made me accessory to a forger and i'm being advertised for in every paper in the kingdom why it's penal servitude who'd think an irish colonel Could be such a scoundrel. Well, you never know when you're safe in this world. Upon my soul you don't. I never met a man in my life whose manner and appearance inspired me with so much confidence.
0: Enter Ophip.
5: Well, upon my word, Colonel Ophip, you're a nice officer, you are. I make a will more by way of a joke than anything else, and you have the face to apply it to the property of a friendless old man who went by my name. Why, it's robbery, it's forgery, and docket and tape are offering fifty-pound reward to anyone who can give information about me. Now, look here. Destroy that will and restore the property, or I'll answer this advertisement this very minute. I will upon my soul and honour i will there
3: i believe i have the honour of addressing the duke of northumberland oh don't talk nonsense colonel you know me well enough am i to understand sir that you're not the distinguished nobleman you represented yourself to be
5: oh haven't i been deceived in you oh colonel colonel You have turned out treacherous. Upon my soul you have.
3: I'm at a loss to comprehend your meaning, sir. Will you oblige me by informing me whom I have the honour of addressing?
5: You've the honour of addressing a miserable, poor devil who'll be standing alongside of you at the old Bailey Bar in about three weeks, if he's not very much mistaken.
3: Upon my word, sir, You've got the advantage of me
5: Have I? Then I'm the only man that ever did I don't think Tom Cobb is the sort of man to get any advantage out of Colonel (laughs) O'Fhipp
0: Colonel O'Fip falls sobbing into chair.
3: What's the matter now? you mentioned the name of tom cobb sir i had a dear dear friend of that name once he was to have married me daughter sir but he's
5: gone well if that's what you're crying for cheer up because he's come back again
0: ophip seizing his hand
5: me dear friend me very dear friend
3: if ye can only assure me that poor dear dead and gone tom cobb is alive me gratitude shall know no bounds maybe you're his brother his brother get out no i thought you might be i seem to see a likeness i should think you did a distant likeness sir a mere suggestion i suppose a faint shadowy indication of a remote family resemblance that's all sir i give you my honour and now tell me where is he that i may embrace him well he's here but don't embrace him sir do you mean to sit there and tell me to be very face that you're my beloved old friend tom cobb
5: well if the marks on my linen are to be trusted
3: ah sir beware of jumping at conclusions on insufficient grounds depend upon it you're mistaken sir well upon my honour i begin to think i am tom cobb sir is dead and buried i had the melancholy satisfaction of following him to his grave Me dear friend Tim Whipple accompanied me, and he's at the present moment engaged in comforting my bereaved and
5: inconsolable daughter. I'm sure I'm very much obliged to him. Perhaps I could do that better than he. I think
3: not, sir. He's doing it very well. Very well indeed.
5: Now, once for all, Colonel, this won't do there are plenty of people who know me if you don't here's my card t Cobb, six in red cotton
0: showing mark on pocket handkerchief
5: and i've several other marks of the same character about me which i shall be happy to show you at a more convenient opportunity sir
3: documentary evidence in red cotton isn't worth the cambric it's stitched upon you would have to find some better proof of your identity than that
2: enter matilda papa dear tim's going to take me to the theatre sees tom oh
5: my darling matilda my beloved matilda i'm so so glad to see you again dear why it's three months since we met
0: kissing and hugging her
5: what a fool I've been to cut myself out of this sort of thing for three months.
0: Kisses her.
5: How very, very well you're looking.
0: Kisses her.
2: Will you calmly leave off kissing me till I've had the pleasure of being introduced to you? Why,
5: you don't mean to tell me that you don't know me.
2: Deed, and I don't then, and yet I seem to have seen your face before. Deed, and you have, and you've kissed it before. I don't
3: remember kissing it. You observe, sir. She don't remember
2: kissing it. Oh, Papa. (laughs) What's the matter, my dear? There's something about him that reminds me of poor
3: Tom. There's a faint resemblance. I remarked it
0: myself. Wipes his eyes.
5: Now, Matilda, don't you deny me. I've loved you so long in spite of your not having any money, and although you do go with the bills, and although you are older than I am, don't turn against me now. Oh, you do look so pretty.
0: Puts his arm round her and kisses her. Enter Whipple. He seizes Tom by the collar and whirls him away from Matilda, Tom seizing his hand.
5: My dear Tim, My very dear Tim, you're the very man I wanted to see. I am most unaffectionately delighted to see you.
0: Shaking his hand heartily.
5: How well, how remarkably well you're looking, to be sure.
0: Whipple shaking his hand with a great show of welcome.
1: Yes, uncommonly well, never better. And how have you been? Very well, but rather dull i
5: say i've gotten into a nice scrape they're after me they're advertising for me no fact fifty
1: pounds is offered for me
5: what do you say to that
1: well i should close with it why because i should think it's a good deal more than you're worth ha 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 what a fellow
5: you are same old whivel I say, the Colonel's a cool hand. What do you think he says now? Nothing worth
1: repeating, I should imagine. What a caustic fellow you are. He says, I'm dead? Oh, he's an Irish man. (laughs) Ha ha! Oh, that's very good. That's so like you. He's not dead Colonel.
0: Feeling Tom's pulse.
1: There, Matilda, you hear that?
0: About to embrace her.
1: What are you about? How dare you embrace that young lady?
0: Stopping him.
1: You said I was alive. But bless my heart, you don't suppose every man alive is privileged to embrace Miss O'Phipp.
2: And a nice time I'd
3: have of it. I tell you, sir, Tom Cobb is dead and buried.
1: Yes, poor Tom, he is dead.
0: Wipes his eyes what you just said i was alive
1: yes
5: old chap you're alive i see your theory is that i'm alive but i'm not tom cobb yes that's my theory
1: but i'm like him ain't i well now you mention it you are like him matilda once more i implore you
0: seizing her hand
1: matilda Leave the room
0: takes her to door.
1: Sir, misled by a resemblance, which I admit to be striking, you have come here under the impression that you are my departed friend. I can excuse the error, but now that it's been pointed out to you, if you ever attempt to embrace this young lady again, I'll break your leg and set it myself.
0: Exit Whipple.
1: Colonel O'Fip,
3: I stop sir if this conversation is to continue i must be informed whom i have the pleasure of addressing up to the present moment we have only learnt who you are not let us now proceed to ascertain who you are
5: colonel i am in that state of mental confusion that i declare i don't know who i am give me a little breathing time when a young man believes he's been tom cobb for twenty-five years and then suddenly finds himself kicked out of tom cobb with nowhere to go he wants a little breathing time to look about him and find a name to let
3: well sir for the purpose of this interview one name's as good as another here's the times newspaper You'll find many a good name gone begging in that. Choose your name. Here, a gentleman who was hanged this morning. Would you like his name? He's done with it. Don't be unpleasant, Colonel. Well, put your finger down. Take the first that comes.
0: Puts Cobb's finger on the newspaper at random.
3: Here's one. The Bishop of Bath and Wells. Nonsense. Take me for a bishop. Then try again. Mr. and Mrs. German Reed. Don't be absurd. Well, once more. Major General Arthur Fitzpatrick. What do you say to that? But I don't look like a major general. Well, sir, and what of that? I don't look like a lieutenant colonel, do I?
5: No, you don't but a major general in broken boots sure it's where
3: your corns have been shooting through you wouldn't have a major general with corns that couldn't shoot i suppose no no sir it'll take a mighty deal of argument to persuade me that you're not major general arthur fitzpatrick in broken boots now i've the credit of the service at stake and when i see a major general in broken boots me heart bleeds for him and i long to allow him a pound a week sir a pound a week to keep up his military position a pound a week no less sir Now as long as major general arthur fitzpatrick chooses to claim a pound a week of me it's here at his service but on the understanding that he resumes his name and rank and ceases for ever the dishonourable and unsoldier-like practice of masquerading under a false name do you understand
5: me sir Yes. I understand you. Do you agree? I'm so hungry and seedy and wretched that I'd agree to anything. You couldn't oblige me with the first week in advance. Sir, it
3: has always been Terence O'Fifth's maxim to pay everything in advance. I'll go and get you a pound, and you can amuse yourself by writing out the receipt while I'm
5: gone.
0: Going. TOM SITTING DOWN TO WRITE.
5: COLONEL, I DON'T KNOW WHETHER TO BE VERY MUCH OBLIGED TO YOU OR TO LOOK UPON YOU AS THE COOLEST SCAMP UNHUNG. SIR,
3: TAKE MY WORD FOR IT. YOU'VE EVERY REASON TO DO BOTH.
0: EXIT COLONEL Ophip.
5: NOW, THAT MAN'S COMMANDED A REGIMENT FOR YEARS. HE'S ENJOYED THE UNLIMITED CONFIDENCE OF HIS SOVEREIGN whoever that may be, and a thousand men have looked up to him with reverence and esteem. And it's been left to me, who am not naturally sharp, to find out that he's an atrocious scoundrel.
0: Enter Footman, followed by Mr. Effingham, Mrs. Effingham, Bulstrode Effingham, and Caroline. Tom takes up newspaper and sits.
3: The colonel will be here directly, ma'am.
0: Exit footman. The others pose themselves in a group as if being photographed. Mr. Effingham seated, Mrs. Effingham leaning on his left shoulder, Caroline seated in a picturesque attitude at her feet, and Bulstrode standing gloomily behind
6: Adolphus. What a sweet spot! A rural paradise, indeed! How balmy, and yet how cheap!
4: I am an old, old man, and I have learnt the hollowness of outward splendours. The house is, indeed, well enough And it may be cheap, but, after all, what is the house? Seventy-five pounds a year, on a three-year's agreement, I believe.
0: Mr. Effingham not heeding him.
4: After all, what is the house but the outer husk? Let us rather learn to value the fruit within the shell truly is goodly but where oh where is the colonel he will be here in
0: one minute All turn to look at him
5: i beg your pardon
0: they all turn slowly back again
7: to the soaring soul fettered by stern destiny to the office-stool of an obscure attorney the contemplation of such a paradise opens a new vista of life's possibilities
6: my crushed and broken boy
7: in such a home as this i feel i could lay the warp and woof of a great life in the dingy purlieus of summer's town, life has no warp, no woof. A kind of shoddy. Sir! Sir. Sir. Nothing.
5: I didn't speak.
0: They turn back as before.
6: Aside.
5: Extraordinary family
6: if there is one class of young men i detest beyond another it is the class of young men who see a humorous side to everything in the eyes
8: of such a one the doughtiest deeds are the subject of a sneer the noblest thoughts the peg on which to hang a parody
7: go to
4: sir go to
0: mr effingham to mrs effingham
4: i am an aged man let me play the peacemaker remember you are not as others are you are a thing of thought an abstraction you must not expect the young man of average taste to grasp you
6: i do not expect any young man to grasp me
4: and she's right
6: mr effingham rising and approaching
0: tom we
4: pity you young man but do not despise you read the master thoughts of mighty minds withdraw yourself within yourself Soar, be abstract, think long and largely, study the incomprehensible, revolve, so will you learn at last to detach yourself from the sordid world, and float, as we float, in thoughts of Empyrean purity.
8: Oh, sir, my father is an aged man, and his words are
6: wise. Be led by him, and you will prosper. The young man is not of those who can detach themselves from the sordid world.
5: I beg your pardon. The young man is one of those who have detached themselves from the sordid world so completely that he can't get back again.
0: Enter Colonel O'Fet.
3: now if you've got the receipt mrs effingham i'm rejoiced to see you miss caroline bullstrod mr effingham my aged friend allow me to introduce you to a very particular friend and old comrade major general Arthur fitzpatrick
0: tom bows
3: foyton fitz we called him what What? major general arthur fitzpatrick
0: tom bows mrs effingham crossing to tom
6: of the twenty-ninth madras native infantry i have no
5: doubt that was my regiment
6: viper
0: caroline faints in her father's arms
6: what viper deliberate and systematic viper Goes to Caroline,
7: poetic fiend in human shape, a despair,
4: blighter of fond and faithful hopes. Behold your handiwork.
0: Why,
5: what have I done?
0: ophip turning up his sleeves.
3: Ay, sir, what have ye done? Answer me that. Come, general, no evasion. Or by the blood
0: of the
1: orphips
0: Turning up his sleeves. Caroline revives, and Mr. Effingham and Bulstrode turn up their sleeves. No, no, don't hurt him. I am better now. To Bulstrode, who is turning up his sleeves and advancing in a threatening attitude. Brother, stand off. Throws herself between Tom and the others. Stand off, father, mother brother all
8: i have loved this man I and i love him still to tom arthur my poet soldier by your old vows by the old poetic fire that burns in your heart and kindled mine, tell them tell me that you can explain everything
0: falls on her knees to him
7: Upon my word!
8: I
5: shouldn't like to undertake to do that. Why, I never saw you before in all my
6: life. Despair that plea. It cannot serve you, sir. Your letters bind you. We are so advised. But it can't be. It's impossible oh arthur
8: i am told by those who understand these things that you have indeed compromised yourself to the extent required by our common law but you will not oh you will not compel me to bring our sacred loves into the court you are a poet a great great poet you will be
0: faithful you will be true kneels mr effingham kneels
4: oh sir do not compel us to lay bare the workings of her young affections do not force us to bring her very heartstrings into court that ribald minds may play upon them to the tune of five thousand
7: pounds
0: enter whipple ophip brandishing a big stick
3: general do not blight this young lady's heart give her your sacred promise or by the blood of the
0: ophips sees that tom has taken up a chair and looks threatening
3: my son-in-law elect shall teach you your forgotten duty
0: HANDS STICK TO WHIPPLE AND RETIRES WHIPPLE BRANDISHING STICK
1: Yes, sir, promise at once, or nothing shall prevent me from urging this young lady's natural protector to inflict on you the condign punishment you so richly deserve.
0: HANDS THE STICK TO MR. EFFINGHAM AND RETIRES MR. EFFINGHAM BRANDISHING STICK
4: You speak nobly, sir i am an old old man but i am yet hale and tough as hickory i have a brave and stalwart son and it is to his hand i confide the task of avenging the insult offered to his outraged family
0: hands the stick to bulstrode
4: what
7: prevents me from flying at his throat what prevents me from whipping him as i would whip a cur tell me somebody what is it holds me back
8: i will tell you it is mercy
7: it is
0: throwing away the stick
7: i give you your life
6: my lion-hearted boy
5: do you know that you are labouring under some surprising and unaccountable delusion delusion sir
7: delusion (laughs) ha ha
0: caroline kneeling
8: no arthur no this is no delusion For, see, I have your letters. Feeling for them. No, they are with my solicitor.
7: They are. I am his clerk, and at my broken-hearted sister's suit, cold, calculating man of war, I serve you with this writ.
0: Bulstrode presents Writ which caroline kneeling at tom's feet reaches and hands to him kissing his hand as she places the writ in it tom looking at writ
5: breach of promise don't bring any actions don't resort to any violent measures you say i'm engaged to you i dare say i am if you said i was engaged to your mother i'd say it too i've no idea who i am or what i am or where i am or what i'm saying or doing but you are very pretty and you seem fond of me i've no objection i think i should rather like it at least i'll try
0: caroline flinging herself into his arms my poet soldier my minstrel boy mr effingham and Mrs. Effingham grouped themselves about Caroline and Tom, end of Act Two.